What is the Little Albert experiment? What's going on with the desire to reset elections in the U.S.? And what's happening to hunters in the Western United States? I'm Floyd Whiting, and you're watching Jackalopes Explore. I'm Floyd Whiting, and we are your Jackalopes. And I am Aaron Linden. I'm Steve Sisson. I'm Emmy Whiting. And here we take a deep dive into the conspiracies and the theories that are going around on the internet. So today we're going to take a look at a couple of different conspiracies instead of just focusing on one. We'll try to get some conversation in about each. And uh, I'm going to start right off with Aaron Linden. What's happening with hunters? Oh, man. In the United States. This oh, is something we've talked about in the past. A lot of crazy stuff, actually. And I think we can probably put this in post because it's probably hard to see on the camera. But this is a map of roughly about 1,200 missing people most of which were hunters. And interestingly enough, the the majority of these people that have gone missing and like no trace, no trace of them, they'll find shoes, they might find a backpack, but dogs can't find these hunters. There's no trace of them. It's like they just disappeared. No footprints leading away, nothing. There's no trace of these people. And it seemingly focuses mainly around national parks. So one of the big hotspots in California is Yosemite and Death Valley. And I mean, lots of people gone missing in these areas. So there's 853 males that have gone missing and 274 males because somebody was like, oh, well, maybe it's, you know, serial killers taking women or what. It just isn't. And there's no traces of struggles. There's no traces of like hypothermia you went nuts and started shedding everything it's just sometimes a pair of boots or a backpack or both and nothing leading away from those areas There's one particular case that comes to mind when i think about this and it was an individual who went hunting with his friends in an area an area that he knew like yeah, very since well. childhood like very very well um and he was just going to go down to their their other camp or something like that but it, the trip itself was no more than 300 meters a, a shot over the hill you know mm -hmm. and uh, he never came back and so they started trying to trace him and eventually had to put in a, a missing persons report they ended up finding his boots in a well-known like overlook mm -hmm. his boots of all things and then slowly found like other articles of clothing of his uh scattered throughout it's just and then i don't think they ever actually found him no just his clothing and his gear, which is just makes no sense at all. But touching on what you were talking about, the hypothermia, what kind of behaviors are these people showing that could be hypothermic? I mean, does hypothermia well, that's lead the thing. you? So hypothermia, what ends up happening is you get so cold that you think you're hot, you start hallucinating, you strip off all your clothes and wander around aimlessly and die. Yeah. But that's the problem. These people haven't wandered anywhere. There's no tracks leading away from where their articles are found. And there's no body ever recovered. I mean, they're just missing. I mean, they're gone. Mm -hmm. So theories were, you know, oh, wild animals. Well, no, there's no blood. There's no remains, I guess you could say. It's just their stuff. So then people start theorizing, well, is it like the Travis Walton thing, except they didn't bring him back. Yeah. Is it UFOs? Is it Sasquatch, Yetis taken? No, because there's no traces of it. It's literally like they either crossed over into the 
parallel universe, wrong spot, wrong time, or they just got sucked up by something. It's it's the theories around it are interesting, but at the end of everything, there's just nothing there. Yeah. And I mean, investigations of 200 people in a line, walking five feet, looking down, looking up, you know, at the trees, looking around, whatever, another five feet, nothing. They just, there's nothing left of these people. And one in particular case that comes to mind as well is the old man that they sat on a rock. Mm -hmm. He was too old. Uh, and it happens to all of us, uh, but he was too old to go out wandering with his son and I believe his grandson. And uh, so they sat grandpa on a rock with yep. his rifle and they walked a couple hundred yards up the hill and they said, you know, uh, dad, we're going to get the deer to run down. Yeah, towards we're going to chase him down it, to you. So too easy. They left him on this little rock. They came back. No, no grandpa. No, it was like 45 minutes later. And all that was remaining was his rifle, and I think like a candy wrapper. A candy wrapper. Yeah. Yeah. And and they searched that entire area using strings. It got to the point where people uh, decided, you know, we're, we're going to web this area out, which means that everybody started at the road that mm -hmm. they'd walked off of. And if I remember correctly, they just put him on a rock a couple yards off the road it wasn't even that far no, off the it was road like, it was like 20 or 40 yards so it's not like grandpa lost his mind stood up and didn't know where he was at he was i don't think, believe that he had any kind of neurological disorder at all uh and so they got on the edge of the road everyone took a string and they just walked outwards once they did that they started at the top took a string and walked outwards and that son said there was no there wasn't a square inch for hundreds of meters in either direction that wasn't searched and yet here's this man who was too old to just wander off mm -hmm. and they never found anything nothing but a candy wrapper which just blows my mind what so, are, well, in his case there were no clothing articles left behind he was just everything was gone and everything just, was gone except for his rifle <laughs> and a candy wrapper it's incredible uh where are these people going well where are they going and it, it's interesting when you start delving into the statistics of this and the age group the categories uh the most missing people are in the age range of 18 to 24. there's 199 of those reported 25 to 34 113 35 to 44 73 45 to 54 69 55 to 64 years of age 62 and anybody 64 plus there's 106 so the majority is younger people so then they start thinking well they're just not as experienced in the woods perhaps right, or, or right. in these parks they get lost easily fine they get lost easily we can go down and find the titan submersible <laughs> at the right. bottom of the ocean <laughs> we can't find these people where the hell are they going yeah there's yeah. not a trace. I mean, like if there were some footprints that wandered over by a ledge or something, you go, oh, okay. We go search down at the bottom of the ledge. Oh, body. No, mm -hmm. there's just nothing left. And it's just, it, it, it's a, absolutely bizarre. Well, and how do you investigate when it's nothing? Yeah. Well, there's nothing yeah. to go on. You have nothing to start with. There's no starting point. Yeah. There's so. no trail. Literally, yeah. no trail. Yeah. There's no trail. And in one case, which was even more interesting somebody was a hiker walked up this this ridge line in the snow they found their boots and their backpack that was it there were footprints leading up to it so unless they walked out backwards mm -hmm. but there would have been 
you know, bare feet, yeah. going back through those tracks, the tracks just stopped right there. Mm -hmm. And like they purposefully set their backpack down and lined their shoes up. And that's the other weird thing is a lot of these cases where they find the shoes, they're purposefully placed. Set that same, it was the same case with that guy in the boots, yes. wasn't it? He like it, it, he had not only taken them off, but had laid them very nicely. Like neatly. Like yeah. very neatly. It's not like they're scattered like they yeah. ran out of their shoes or something. I mean, they just... Or they, like an animal took it and like yeah, carried and it off. Carried off yeah. your right. shoes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so whatever your belief is on where these people are going, it... it who knows? I mean, they, they're just disappearing. Mm -hmm. You know, as, as science moves forward, we start looking at the quantum realm. We start looking at the actual very serious possibility that things are phasing in and out of a possible fourth dimension. Right. Um, I know that sounds just absolutely wow. Uh, but if there is a, a fourth dimension, and, and, and we've discussed this before, if there's a species that understands how to do that what if it's something naturally to them they don't understand what's going on either uh you know kind of the idea where you just they're they're as scared as everybody else is when they pop in to the third dimension maybe they're just as confused i don't know but the, the idea to think that these people are simply just phasing out of existence makes no sense because one thing that you said and i've, I've watched a couple documentaries on missing hunters dogs have no trail that's what really interests mm -hmm. me. Dogs have no yeah. especially trained. Yeah, yeah, and trained see, like, canines. For there's this. not always footprints, depending on the, what the terrain's like. Right, right. So I could see why in some cases there wouldn't be footprints, but there would still be a, a scent. scent. A dog yes. would still, if if you made the decision to, well, I'm going to run along this row of rocks here so that they can't track me. Let's say that someone actually just wanted to disappear and they were going to do that. That dog would hit that in a second. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the dog would be able to pick up on your scent on those rocks. I think the only thing that uh, dogs have trouble picking up on is like when, you know, going the old, water. going through water, right? right? The old bad guys running from the hounds in the south. Down the creek. Like, down the yep. creek, yep. right? To, to get rid of them. Uh, but that's not really the case here. And in some situations, there was no creek. It's, it's as if someone just plucked these people out of existence. Something that I find interesting is, is it, why is it in forests? Does it happen in cities and we just don't notice it? Well, and so you get into just missing people in general. The biggest place on the planet for missing people is L.A., right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. But that's human trafficking or, you know, somebody gets whacked and, mm -hmm. and put somewhere that they can't find them. The old Jimmy Hoffa thing, maybe. But the majority of the actual like missing people is in these national forests and in these you know vast expanses of land so like death valley yosemite but when you really look at that i mean yes they're big places but they find people in yellowstone yeah. all the time yeah. mm -hmm. even if they've been missing for weeks if not a month they'll be like well we found remains we mm -hmm. found a foot right yeah. yes yeah. Something. exactly yeah <laughs> literally yeah but this there is just absolutely nothing so where are they going? Are they bopping through the fourth dimension? It, it, see, that's the thing is you just don't know. I, you would think that if something like that were to happen, it would happen 
everywhere. And downtown yeah. LA. Yeah. You right. Know, in, well, there's in, more people there, so it should happen more often. Right? Like, mm -hmm. if that's something, if that's the probability, right. then clustered areas should be seeing some sort of... Yeah, if we all have an equal chance of that happening, right. then it should happen more often in densely populated areas. So who could be taking them? Now, this is something that I explored. And why, why? So, in order to enter the fourth dimension, you can't wear shoes, apparently. <laughs> and, but that's the weirdest part of it, is what almost always they find these shoes. What is up with the shoes? Yeah. Yeah. Household. yeah, right, right. Uh, the other day we were like actually... An, it's more Asian culture, maybe. Like, the whole you take your shoes off that way. Yeah. We just got the garbage cleaned in this dimension. Sorry, no shoes. We were talking about uh, certain areas in the world that cause human beings to behave erratically. I was just going mm. to say and, this. We were talking about this because yeah. like electric magnetic fields yes. and everything. Yeah. And I mean, that's what I was thinking too. I was like, maybe there is something to that in these areas. That we don't reason. understand. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What what I found interesting too is and we'll we'll go, you know, to the map in post maybe whatever <laughs> yeah I think it but needs to be put up interestingly there enough you look at North South Dakota uh Nebraska Oklahoma and a, there's Huge not a Texas. portion of Texas there's a whole yeah. line down the middle of the, really down the middle of the country yeah, that's where weird. none now, of this has taken place what's do you know what's underneath there though what's underneath those states alien bases <laughs> One of the largest aquifers known to mankind is underneath those states. It is, I, if I remember correctly, it is the largest aquifer in the continental United States and one of the largest in the world. And it was only recently discovered. Can I ask what that is? It is a huge body of water under okay. underground uh, that we can actually use. Uh, now, those who seeking these resources have looked at that and and decided, you know, wow, it's a huge benefit for all of us. A lot more water. But at the same time, look at that map. Right. If there's a series of tunnels, if there's a series of underground rivers and lakes, then that would determine that there's also a series of underground caverns mm -hmm. of things that we have just never explored. How big could that be? If it's full of water right now, some areas, maybe it's more full, some areas, maybe it was at one time. That whole system underneath the ground could be littered with humongous cavernous areas. Sure. And I just, you know, there's, it's just one of those things that has been brought up in this discussion. Why not here? Right. Why you would think, if anything, there'd be more there, right? Because if you fall in a sinkhole and mm. get swept away in this underground river and get kicked out in the Gulf Coast, who knows? Why but, not here? But there's not people washing up in the Gulf Coast no. either. So, I it's just the more you look into this, the weirder it becomes. It really does. Okay, I have a theory. What's Wait, your theory? Instead of interdimensional beings. Could be mole people. The mole people. Just throwing them underneath. <laughs> just throwing that out there. The mole people get. And they grab them by the hand, and the boot comes off. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. There we get go. up there and set that boot up right. You know how that drives me nuts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, they just put the boots back afterwards. OCD mole people. Yeah. yeah. OCD yeah. mole people. Yeah. Uh, you never it know. Is, man. It is very, very, very peculiar, though. It. it I, I will say this. You know, uh, this is one 
a subject that I I think definitely uh, demands its own show later on in the sure. future because oh, we could go off on this yeah. for quite a while because there is you know uh, very specific odd things that can be connected and there's an individual who has written books on this yes. and he's not of the UFO community he's a former detective out of New York City he's worked some of the hardest cases in, in missing in missing people and he has basically devoted his life uh, after he retired to try and find some of these folks to, to give some closure and he's come across some pretty strange things well and what's interesting about him is that it started with one it was one cold case there was there was nothing there there was no evidence there was i mean the boot mm -hmm. the boots whatever and as he started looking into it and hunters in specific they started cropping up mm -hmm. and the the bigger his circle got his radius of looking at these is where this map came from yeah and because it was like okay it's reported locally you know or within the state oh johnny went missing whatever and maybe it would hit a national database at some point, but missing people are missing people. Generally, it does not hit the national database. When he started researching this and started really looking into it, it was like, oh my God, there's hundreds of these. Now there's mm -hmm. thousands of these across the United States. Mm -hmm. And nobody really ever looked into it that deeply until he came along. Mm -hmm. And it's just the idea, where are they going? Where are they going? Where are they going? That's well, fascinating. I think, I think some people just accept, oh, they're missing. They mm -hmm. went missing in the forest. Sure. Yeah. And then it's just kind of like, of course, we're never going to find them. And they just give up on it, kind of. Right. Well, you know, we all, we're all creatures of habit. And we pick up the habits of our parents and the culture of our parents. And sometimes we just go, well, people go missing up there. <laughs> right. yeah. Bottom line, right. that's it. That's all there is to it. So my suggestion to anyone out there would be go hunting in one of the Dakotas. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Seems to be a safer Stay spot. Stay away from right? California. Yeah. For many be, reasons. Could but... it be that these people just never got reported? <laughs> I, possibly. Maybe there's missing stuff there that just never ends up showing up anywhere. Not they one? Were like, they, were, they were loners. No Not one, one? No one missed them. And that Texas? would be unusual, yeah. I mean, yeah, Texas yeah, is that would be the problem. a big expanse. I could see like North Dakota you know montana area where you know there's not that many people out there compared it just but. right you know uh, yeah we got to make sure that we can see this online because that line right down the middle it's, holy it's cow crazy. Yeah, it's, yeah. Eerie. it's super crazy it's, it's eerie mm -hmm. yeah it's, uh, after you see all those tags of every other missing mm -hmm. hunter and then all of a sudden just nothing just nothing and then to learn about where that aquifer is what is it about that is there like uh you know a resonance from water that uh keeps whatever keeps, away yeah who knows who is knows? it a distance from the coast <laughs> keeps the mole people away. keep the mole people don't yeah, like water. it's almost equidistant yeah from each coast it's pretty honestly much right i mean it's literally down the center of the country yeah. it's incredible all right that's pretty dang fascinating <laughs> i think it uh, determines uh well it the merit of it should determine a show of itself. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. All right. I'm going to move on to Mr. Sisson. Oh, hey. Uh, you wanted to talk. <laughs> Tell us what's going on with the U.S. elections. Well, I was thought uh, since we're getting into another season and it's starting earlier than ever. It's like it's uh, like going to a big box store and it's like <laughs> February, but they've got like yeah. Halloween stuff out. They've already got the election oh, decorations. It's too yeah. soon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, never too soon for <laughs> Is it too soon for the election decorations? Yes. The yeah. red, white, yeah. and blue is starting to show up everywhere. you got to exploit the national colors. Yeah. I'll tell you that. So, you know, the last 
several elections. I, there's been more and more unrest afterwards. You know, more people mm-hmm. have been more upset. I mean, there's always been the claims of fraud all the way back since I can remember. The losing side always thinks something went wrong. Dead people voting in Chicago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but I, looking into it, you know, how much is there? There's obviously some, you know, the elections are not 100% accurate anywhere. But has it ever been enough where it's changed the outcome of the election? I don't think so. And this last round, I think we had the most time and effort that's ever been spent on trying to show that it was stolen and they didn't come up with anything concrete. Yeah. But I think one thing we should we could do, I think part of the problem is that our vote tabulating system doesn't do a real good job of picking a candidate that most people like. Mm-hmm. I think you, you look at how Trump got through the primaries with about one third of the vote for most of the early primaries. But it's winner take all. You get a third of the vote and it's more than anybody else. You get a plurality and that's enough mm-hmm. to carry you through. And pretty soon you've got the momentum going. And the, the issue is that he wasn't necessarily the one that most people wanted, but he was the one that had the most passionate support, yeah. the mm-hmm. most devoted people you know, clinging to him. And Bernie Sanders was kind of the same way, but he was stuck at 25% and couldn't get past that. Uh, Trump got 33% and was able to get past that. I think what we should do is and I don't know how it would ever happen, but change the way we tabulate the votes in the primaries. Mm -hmm. I think in the general election, the Electoral College and all that, it works best if you have two strong candidates. You need a majority of the Electoral College to win the presidency. If you have four or five candidates that are all doing pretty well, you're not going to get a majority of the Electoral College in the general election. But in the primaries where you have, you know, 15 candidates, you should be able to pick, you know, more than just the one person right. that, that, you know, you have to kind of align with. And in that system, too, you have tactical voting where you have, like, the guy you like and then the person that's, you know, the, the next strongest front runner. You want to kind of push them down because that's the person most likely to steal, you know, your guy's position. So you purposely would, you know, vote him down. So the only other option that's ever been used, I think, besides first past the post, which is just, you know, pick your one person, that's the one you vote for, is uh, ranked choice, where you take all 10 candidates and you rate them in order of preference from one to 10. But I think that also has tactical voting. You're going to take person that's actually probably number two on your list and put him down at number 10 because you want to make sure that that person has the least chance of winning compared to the one you really want to win. Mm-hmm. So I think a better option is range voting, where instead of ranking each candidate on a scale of 1 to 10 and rating them in accordance to each other, you rate each candidate individually on a scale of 1 to 10 or 0 to 10 or whatever, based on how much you like that person or how much you want that person you know, to win or how much you align with their ideals. That's the only type of voting where you can actually vote, this person matches what I think you know, this this person aligns with me the most. Well, what if, so you're talking about rating the person. I still think people would use it as like a tactical kind of thing. There was a quiz that me and Floyd took when we first started dating Oh yeah. <laughs> about our political views. Mm. And so basically it was a quiz and it was, I mean, what, like 45 minutes? It was pretty thorough. This? Yeah, it was, it was, it was actually really great. But you basically were just answering a bunch of questions about your ideals and how much you agree with them, how much you agree with this and this and that. And then it yeah. would match you up with yeah. the person. Yeah, I've done a number oh, of yeah. those. Yes. Yeah. And, and I, some of them are very involved. Oh my yeah. gosh, yeah. I I loved it. But like having something like that so you couldn't be biased just because yeah. 
you know. I think the downside yeah. of that is the downside to what I'm talking about too. Right. Is that it's going to get too complicated. Yeah. And it will. <laughs> not not everybody's going to take 45 minutes no, to figure that out. Not. They're just going to no. be like, nope, that's my guy. Well, yeah. even if you look at like the Florida elections, they can't just get a simple punch ballot thing to work. Hanging chads. I mean, yeah, you can't pick one person. They can't even get that to work right. So any of these other systems that become more involved, I think right. it's going to be a hard sell. But I really do think, I think you eliminate the tactical voting when you rate each candidate individually on a scale of one to 10, because then it doesn't really matter. You can rate, the, if you only like one candidate, you give that person a 10, mm -hmm. give everybody else zeros. It doesn't really matter. Uh, you could, if you have a, a first and a second choice, give your first person a, a 10, the second person a nine or an eight or a five or whatever, but it eliminates the, the purposely putting the person you don't like down at the bottom because you can just give them a zero and it doesn't matter. Whoever has the strongest score at the end is the winner. And I think that would do a better job of picking somebody that maybe isn't the favorite of the most people, but first or second choice would still be a better option than somebody who's the first choice of just a third of the voters. You know, say like, if you had Trump that was the the favorite of a third of the people and then you had like uh, Marco Rubio that those Trump guys maybe liked second best. Mm -hmm. But, you know, another group of people liked Marco Rubio the best. Well, they didn't like Trump at all. They, they don't want him at all to be in there. You st Marco Rubio would be a better choice in that case because he's the second choice of the Trumpers and the first choice of the Rubio people, where Trump is not the second choice of the Rubio people. Mm -hmm. In that case, I, I, think, saying, yes. I think Rubio would be a better choice and, and range voting, where if you were honestly voting Trump number one, Rubio number two, Rubio would win that type of vote tabulating right. system. Right, I get what you're saying now, yeah. Now, there is a state that does this i think they do ranked choice yeah where you yeah, rate them on a, you compare them to each other yeah and how do, i don't know i haven't looked into how that actually has worked in those elections i looked at it uh a, a bit ago when we did a, a different show where i called for everyone to abandon your political party because <laughs> <laughs> um, i firmly believe that get rid of political parties um i i I think that it's come to the day and age when they're no longer needed. Uh, you joined a political party because they essentially helped you get in office. They had the resources, they had the know-how to get the public to know who you were. I said, just get rid of them. But off that, uh, I looked it up and I want to say it was one of the smaller states, uh, Maine or Rhode Island, mm -hmm. back east, and that it had been working out all right. But I mean, we got to look at the long term here, uh, because if we're going to do like a massive change to a voting system, could you imagine the undertaking that would involve? I would have to hang massive televisions in every single voting center that just on a loop played over how to do this again <laughs> and again and again. And you know that there are going to be those people that whatever that new system is, they're going to be looking for the loopholes. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. and that's, I mean, every single election that we hold in this country, there are those, unfortunately, who feel that maybe they could steal it. Maybe they could sure. figure this out. But you're right, uh, Steve, when it comes to, yes, the amount of cheating that has been discovered would have no impact on a yeah. national election at all. Well, I think that's another argument to not have a nationwide popular vote, because one of the reasons that the fraud doesn't become a big issue is because it's compartmentalized. You have a series of counties that each of them run their own election. So yeah. if there is some fraud, if there's bad ballots or something, it's contained in that one precinct and doesn't spread to the whole nationwide vote. Which works 
Mm-hmm. It, it's worked in the past. It, it'll work again in the future. Yeah, a standardized ballot, something like that would be a really bad idea. It's a horrible idea. We need to keep it to the county. We need to keep it in the hands of the people as much as possible, in my opinion, uh, you know, and try to keep it away from like a federal regulated well, anytime you ballot. get the feds regulating anything, <laughs> come on. But, you know, it, a lot of it stems from just voter integrity, too. Mm-hmm. You know, I need I need my driver's license to go to the alcohol store. <laughs> I need it to get on a plane. I need it sometimes at the bank. I need it always. Mm-hmm. Thank God, here, when I showed up to vote, they wanted to see ID. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That would help quell a lot of this. You show yeah. up, you have to present an ID. Yeah. Now, if if it's an ID that's uh, a green card or a visa or whatever, fine. I have no problem with that. As if long as it's a no federal ID, ID. Right. If you have no ID, sorry, man, you don't get to vote. And I think that would help a lot of people go, okay, okay, this is getting better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there are state-issued IDs you can get without yes. driving, without it being right. a driver's license. So. Yeah, and that's the thing. You wouldn't want to have to limit it to people that drive or something like that. Exactly, no. because some right. people can't drive yeah. or, you know, just don't want to. And or exa- that's cool exactly. too. They just don't want yeah. to. I if don't want to Yeah, they live in a big to... city, I yeah. wouldn't drive either. <laughs> no, like, right. I'd be taking yeah. the bus. And so you might as well stay away from the DMV, yeah. right? Yes. Why, why go down there? Yeah, um, but, but some way of making sure that if a person votes, they only vote once. And you can track that without tying their vote to them. Yeah, right. Correct. Because you have yeah. to have anonymous voting. Otherwise, Anani- yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's that's one thing that I, I do want to touch on uh, when it comes to this voting thing and IDs, because this is the United States, baby. You have the right to just say, "Well, I don't want to carry an ID. Mm. Well, I don't want to do this. I don't want to take part in this system." And you have that right. But if you want to cast your vote, if you want to be a part of this system, then you got to be part of this system. It's just like paying taxes. We all do it. There's no such thing as running off the grid anywhere no. <laughs> in no. this world yeah. now. Now, it's a great idea. You know, oh, man, we're going to get off the grid. This is going to be fantastic. Well, someone come, knows where you are. Come uh-huh. tax season. Yeah, <laughs> Unless you're Unless one of these hunters. Yeah. <laughs> come tax season, they're going to find you because you're on land somewhere. And right. that land is taxed, and they will get you. They'll get you found. Whether you go to Alaska, whether you go as far south as you want, that land is still going to be taxed. Yeah. And that is just the way it is. But that's the thing. If you want to participate, then participate. Then yeah. participate. And you got to follow the rules. Everywhere around us has rules. And the fact of the matter is, if you're paying taxes, then you should have the right to to decide who's taxing me right right yeah and, and i think i do think we've established that voting is a privilege because you can become a felon and be stripped of the ability to vote so mm-hmm. i think we've established that it's not like a constitutional right that everybody should have guaranteed no matter what it's 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 a system that you either buy into or not mm-hmm. i think there's no issue with uh I think that would, yeah, you it would control a lot of the issues of non-citizens voting and that kind of stuff that, you know, I think is a lot of the claims right now. Well, and in California, we've got a lot of friends out in California, and we know where they are. Um, but <laughs> during the whole 2020 deal, um, for like local elections and whatever, they could print their ballot off their computer and send it in. Well, who's 
controlling whether they're a citizen or not, who's controlling how many of those you printed off and sent in with whose name on it. If there's no integrity, if there's no way to check that against the county database, that's a problem. And that's where you see a lot of these people freaking out, saying, ah, they're trying to steal this election. Oh, this guy shouldn't have won. I get that. They should be able to go, okay, well, we got one from Floyd Whiting. Okay, well, hang on. We got another one from Floyd. Nope. Throw that out. We, we're keeping one. Mm -hmm. And we know that he's who he is, and he showed up, and he voted. I think in-person voting, too. I get for military and people away. There's a reason for absentee ballots. Mm -hmm. There really is no reason to not show up and do it. Because I remember, I mean, my parents, my dad would take the day off of work or whatever, or go in late, because he went and pulled the lever. That was back yeah. in my old lever pulling mm -hmm. days. There's really no reason. I get it, big city, oh God, it's such pain, I don't want to wait in line. Well, then don't participate. It's a civic duty. Well, exactly. Civic duty. You're a member of this United States. You have a duty to get up off your butt and go cast a vote. There's been talk about about making Election Day a, a national holiday. It should be. Well, yeah. it should be because, I mean, I've worked at jobs before where I've had to rush to go vote mm -hmm. because you, it, I, I was working till five. Yeah. And they closed the fire station where it was at, where I used to live, at like six. And how many times have you guys rushed down to cast your ballot? And you've had to wait in line because we all went down there yeah, during right. our lunch hour. Yeah. We all went down there during our lunch half hour. <laughs> right. I think on election day, every single U.S. citizen should, should just have an opportunity. I am going to if I am going to make you a, uh, I'm going to give you a two hour window to get down. Get your vote cast mm -hmm. and get back to, to work. Well, I think employers are, are required to give you a, a certain they amount are, of time. But, but in some jobs, sometimes it, it they just don't. Doesn't, <laughs> and sometimes it just doesn't work. Yeah. But well, even if they're going to give you the time, you don't have the time. Well, that's mm -hmm. exactly it. The last place I worked, I was the only front desk gal. So I had to be there. Yeah, right. And yeah. in places like California, I mean, I get it. Your commute may only be 20 miles, but it's two hours. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Right? California. Like, so yeah, it's horrible. Exactly. Where you're voting at your home mm -hmm. uh, address isn't going to be conducive to that. So I think actually a whole day, why I not? I mean, day. we get the 4th of yeah. July. Yeah. The only thing, argument I have against that would be how many holidays are used for their intended purpose. <laughs> no, and, and I totally get it. But the, but the fact of the matter is, you know, when it comes to election day, I think uh, if we did turn that into a national holiday, we would probably see a massive increase in votes cast mm -hmm. on that day. Especially by younger yep. people. Especially yeah. by younger yep. people. Paycheck to paycheck. Yeah, and, and the thing is, I, I don't care if someone doesn't vote. If, if they're not involved, if they don't, I mean, if they're just going to vote on name recognition and all that, just stay home. Just yeah. don't vote. You're I, still paying taxes. Yeah. I, I think a misinformed voter in that is probably worse than a non-voter. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Uh, Agreed. So I, I don't care about strictly turnout, but as long as people who want to vote have the opportunity to do it. Yes. You know, yeah. this day and age, though, you know, where social media has turned politicians into superstars. <laughs> and it's it's really kind of cast a, a, a very negative light, in my opinion, mm -hmm. because some of these superstars online, on Twitter, whatever, people hanging on every word. And uh, this is a politician. This isn't a movie star. 
this isn't a singer. The decisions that these people make will not affect a record label. They will not affect a company. They are affecting the policies and the procedures of the United States government, something that ha overhangs all of us, Absolutely. all of us, mm -hmm. and will affect all of us. Even if you're a status like I am, where I believe more control needs to go to the states. I believe that's the <laughs> Tenth Amendment. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, even if you're you're a statist, then then federal policy still trickles down. Okay, the feds do something, legislature meets, makes corrections to our own laws. You need to be involved. Oh, 100%. Yeah. But that, that becomes one of those bigger issues, I think, is like Steve was saying, you know, misinformed or non-informed voters. They just show up and they're like, uh, well, I know that guy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Vote for the D, God. vote for the R. Right. Or at least in the last election cycle we had here, and I mean, Sheridan's small, obviously, but they removed the um, incumbent from anybody's name, which I thought was great because yeah. I so many people garnered votes because they go, I don't know who I want for the house. This is, well, this guy's been there. I guess I'll yep. vote for him. Yep. Thank oh, yeah, God they got rid of that. And then nothing changes. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So being informed, showing up, I actually think that if they had an entire day off, I don't know that the vote would increase. If it's in person, I think you'd probably see almost the same because those of us that go and do are going to continue to go yes. and do. I don't know that the people that don't do it would that take gonna advantage. Be, yeah, yeah. They don't care anyway. They don't it care might, anyway. It might not increase, but it will give the people the opportunity to actually go do it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It couldn't be a reason that people didn't vote that wanted to. Yeah. It, would, it would eliminate that. I'm, yeah. I met a guy. This is This is blew me away because, like you said, civic duty, right? This guy was in his 60s. He's voted twice in his entire lifetime. I'm like, what? Yeah. He goes, well, oh, it doesn't matter anyway. What caused those two times? Yeah, was, right? <laughs> Who knows? What brought him out of the cave? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I He know. was a big Dukakis fan, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I, I was just blown away. I've literally, like, was excited to turn 18 so mm. I could yeah. vote. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I mean, me too. I yeah. was excited See, like, about it. What, are we weird? I mean, <laughs> well, maybe. No, I, th I think a lot of people do take it very seriously. You know, a lot of people try to pay as much attention as possible. It's all about filtering through the BS, though, isn't it? Right. I mean, we try to look at our sources, and uh, thanks to the 1980s and the deregulation of those, uh, now we've got CNN, we've got Fox, we've got all these companies that want to walk around and basically tell us, I am the news station you need to watch. No, you're the editorial mm -hmm. station you want me to watch. And we have to keep that in mind. The and, and I know I do a lot of hometowning, but the fact of the matter is, if you really want to get news, you know, objective news, hometown sources are the absolute best. Mm -hmm. State newspapers are held to a higher accountability than federal newspapers. Mm -hmm. And so you need to trust in your state because I can guarantee you uh, you know, we've seen it here. If somebody lies, if somebody, you know, writes libelous junk, then you're gone. You're fired. Mm -hmm. Your reputation is destroyed. You don't tell the truth. You're out of here. You get censured. And, yeah. and you have multiple editors at these newspapers who look at these stories. And if these things 
could have effects on outcomes they're taken very seriously mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. at a local level yeah now i know a lot of people want to sit around and be like well i know that person up at that place and i know that they they're not you know uh not a person of integrity i really doubt it when it comes to their job and selling the newspapers every newspaper in this state receives every other newspaper mm-hmm. in this sure. state right. Right. Yes. and yes. they're all sitting there reading each other's stories and if somebody lies they jump on it like They're a pack of dogs. They, they will call them out. Absolutely, yeah. they will. Yep. So they hold each other accountable. Federal newspapers, I haven't looked at one in quite some time. Mm-hmm. I have no need for them. I don't think I've ever seen a federal newspaper. Well, you've got, <laughs> you know. USA Today. USA Today. is yeah. is in, in journalism school, they teach you the two extremes. And one extreme is USA Today, and the other extreme is the Wall Street Journal. Why are they the extremes? Because you have a newspaper through text that explains everything about the story, as much as they could possibly get the Wall Street Journal. Not a lot of photos. A lot of text. They really want you to understand what you're reading. Mm-hmm. USA Today is what we used to call McNews. <laughs> it's fast. <laughs> it's a lot of pictures. It's a lot of big, bold headlines. Grab this. This deserves your attention. Look at this. But they don't go into the issues as thoroughly. It's quick. It's fast. I'm giving you what you need. And now you're going to move on. There's a need for it. Absolutely. Who the hell has time to sit down and read the Wall Street Journal every day? (laughs) That's a big newspaper. Right. They really do a fantastic job. But so does USA Today. Okay. They sit down. They give you what you need, when you need it. Now you got to go. They're the newspaper for those on the go. They're McNews. Those are the two extremes. Find your local newspaper, the state newspaper. Every state has got one. Find it. Subscribe to it. Get your news from them. Those are the people who are actually doing it. Or... Tune into your local radio stations. They're held to the same accountability. They have to be. Okay. FCC guidelines literally say you have to do this or we'll shut you down. So oh, and find the absolute <laughs> hell out of it. Right. Absolutely. Which will shut you down in most cases. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So Bankrupt, a lot of people yeah. don't know that. And I think a lot of people need to know that. They become too dependent on the, the teats of CNN and Fox <laughs> News. And you need to pull it out of your mouth and you need to go be a, a citizen. I have a visual going on in my mind right now that I don't want. A visual want. I do not want. Yep. It's, look, the but, C of the CNN will never look the same. But, right. You cannot tell me that I'm not right when I say that. No, you're. <laughs> you argue with some people, and all they want to do is refer to Fox News. And the second that happens, I'm out. Yeah. I'm done listening. Yeah. All right. So, so I don't think it'll ever happen. But I would love to see a better vote tabulating process in the primaries because mm-hmm. I think the two party system, as bad as it is, it works well for the national presidential election where you've got an electoral college where you need to get a majority of the electoral votes to win. But if we can do a better job of picking who those two candidates are which I think we could do by revamping the primaries, um, it would be nice. I just Honestly, don't think it anything would help. <laughs> yeah, right. Any change, just... Yeah, but is it a, is yeah. it a change that is ever going to happen? I mean, we Probably can Probably not. Think yeah, about I, the I, scale we're, we're that so would have to be entrenched. I mean, mm-hmm. we're just so entrenched. You go back to the Federalist and a Federalist papers and everything else, and it, it's become so bastardized, I guess, from mm-hmm. what, what it should have been. And realistically, the two-party system in a lot of ways needs to 
go away, like Floyd has said, yeah, because so many more people are independent anymore because they like a little piece of what, you know, maybe to use the terms the left is doing. They like more maybe what the right's doing, but they don't, they're not aligning down party lines. And we've talked about this. Yeah, you know, I'm right of Rush Limbaugh for most things, but I'm a rhino at this point. Yeah, mm-hmm. you don't hate I, enough people, I, my friend. Yeah. Well, and both parties and I just, have a lot of division going on right now, too, yeah. which uh, if, it, if it could ever happen, this would be the time to do it. But I just don't see it happening. There's no. still enough. There's enough tribalism in politics that I just don't. Well, and like you said before, OK, the compartmentalizing of the county votes has protected this republic in the past. And it will protect this republic in the future. Mm-hmm. And I think with all the, the flaws the Electoral College has, I think it still serves a valuable purpose, especially for states like Wyoming. I mean, if you want to be completely irrelevant, get rid of the Electoral College. Yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, you know, even then, we have three electoral votes, and we don't get visited by real serious campaign. And we can put money uh, right know. now on what color the state's going to be. Exactly. We already know. You already know where those three votes it's are going. It's always yeah. the same. <laughs> I, I, I vote one way all the time, and it doesn't matter, and, you <laughs> know because i know it and for me being an independent uh it's absolutely i don't get to vote in the primaries in the state of wyoming by the way if you're an independent you don't get to vote in the primaries here so you don't get to choose the candidates but it doesn't matter because by the time i walk in there i'm choosing who's best for my state he's throwing his vote away every time I get to vote. At least you show up and throw it away. Yeah, at I least get you're to, there. That's yep. the thing. That's <laughs> I. I think that's you know why I, the, I still go. I'm like, isn't I'm that still the thing voting. though? It's it's the offset, yeah. right? I mean, yeah, and Floyd's not going to vote for the guy I'm going to vote for probably. Mm-hmm. So we're offsetting one another. But there's enough of those offsets that somebody rises to the top. Well, in, in a state like Wyoming, you have the privilege of being able to vote and make a statement because it's not going to affect the way the, the electoral votes go. No, mm-hmm. yeah. You can go ahead and say, okay, this is what I really think because it doesn't really matter. No, it, and I, I understand that. I mean, but at the same time, you know, a lot of people think, oh, independent, liberal, but I'm not. No, that's I'm, I'm quite conservative when it comes to certain issues. But that, And that's the weird part about this whole situation that we're in currently is I'm a rhino for whatever reason because you want to legalize pot? I really don't care. Yeah, because you're not <laughs> an extremist. You, but don't touch my damn <laughs> that's gun. That's the thing. There's no room for overlap in yeah. any of this. It's no. either you're one way or the other, and, and that's, that's it. I, I would wager... 70% of the country mm-hmm. isn't that. No, I'll guarantee it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're just not. Yeah. So I, I I, think, though, like Steve's alluding to, being able to fix that primary situation yeah. where, yeah. you know, there's there's more than just one person that goes through. Yeah, and, and in those kind of voting, you, you can... You can vote the person you really agree with and not be worried about which team's going to win. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it doesn't matter at that point. You've kind of got, you haven't gotten rid of the parties, but you're doing a better job of selecting the individual that most aligns with you. Right. Mm-hmm. Or at least most aligns with most of the people that belong to that party. And I'll tell you what, the one thing that breaks my heart is when I see somebody who has integrity sell it. Yeah. <laughs> because the party told them yeah. this will be better. Because that's the for way you. forward. If you want to be in this seat, get up there and lie Mm -hmm. and i hate that (laughs) and if someone sells their soul for an election i've got nothing to say to you Mm -hmm. all right on that we'll move on to the little albert experiment what is the little albert experiment (laughs) 
So uh, the Little Albert experiment was an experiment that took place in the 1920s and completely unethical. <laughs> I imagine, yeah, it was the 20s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because they used a baby in this experiment. Uh, I forget how old he was. He was very young. It's, I mean, it's even saying infant in some of these things. Just over 11 months old. Okay. Oh my God, he wasn't even a year no. yet. No, he's just a sweet little baby. But anyway, this doctor, John B. Watson, decides, oh, I'm going to try to see what I can do with train conditioning with this baby. Yeah. <laughs> and so he decides to show little Albert, who they were calling him little Albert, note to self that that's not actually his name at all, but um, they start introducing him to different animals, and one of them was a rat, and he got to play with these animals, and he liked it. He would giggle, you know, the little white rat, so he's cute rat. I, I love rats. But, <laughs> um, and then after a while of him doing that over and over and over again, he decides to introduce a loud noise every time he plays specifically with the rat. Okay. And so... The loud noise causes him to cry because it scares him. He's a baby. And he does that over and over and over again. And so then, after a while, he starts introducing the rat to him without the loud noise, and he cries. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Reverse Pavlov. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yep. So then it goes into anything that was similar to the rat. It says including a fur, a fur coat, some cotton wool, and a Santa mask. Started making him cry because it was white and furry. Okay. Wow. So it just really messed him up. But there was so many theories about, okay, what happened to this kid? Because, I mean, this doctor himself had said he never deconditioned him from all this. So what happened to this kid when he grew up? And there was theories like, oh, no, he went insane. Like, he could never be in the room, in a room with anything white and fuzzy again. Yeah. He went into a psych ward. He he did this. He did that. He, you know. Became turned, a politician. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> turned into a criminal. All these things. Same thing. But, no. <laughs> but um, the reality of the situation is actually a little bit sadder than all the conspiracy theories combined. Because, you know. Uh, for a long time, they didn't know who he was. And after diving into a lot of research about who this child turned out to be, it was not until this article was released in 2010 that um, they found out who the baby was. And something even more egregious is that they were the mom was paid $1. For, this for baby, the whole thing. For the baby's participation. Wow. What was the, what was the purpose of the experiment? What were they trying seeing, to... Seeing if they could condition a behavior into a child. And it was it was a lot to do with nurture versus nature. Okay. You know, trying to experiment with that. Like, what does that cause? So that was the main point of it. But, um, yeah, $1. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Hope they spent it wisely. Yeah, right? So, um. Like I said, everyone was wondering who this kid was, and the guy was like, I never deconditioned this child. Uh, fun fact, he was also fired for having an affair with his uh, grad student. But Well, if you're going to go... It's the 1920s, right? Go out the Break rules, break the rules. Exactly. So the child's name was actually Douglas Merritt, and his mom was a wet nurse, and 
what exactly does that mean wet nurse wet nurse i think if i and correct me if i'm wrong on you're, this you're one guys you breastfeed for a woman who cannot yeah you're like a, a a nanny with breast milk mm -hmm. thank you i could have looked that up myself but i was like you know what the cnn teat yeah yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, uh, Douglas Merritt, and he actually was identified, like, way later on, obviously, and the team discovered that Douglas died at the age of six. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Uh, over what? Oh, gosh, you're going to have to He got attacked by rats. <laughs> right. yeah. Oh, yeah, he had, uh, I can't read that word either. <laughs> Some mysterious thing, huh? So it's hydrocephalus. It looks like hydrocephalus. Yeah. I yeah, and I have no idea. We'll have to look that up, see what that is. Yeah, someone, that's why, that's why a, God invented these yeah. pocket computers. Someone give it a goog. But so, that's some sort of medical condition, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so it, you know, everyone's like, "Oh, he, you know, he grew up, did this, did that." He, he was six. Yes, he didn't even get to grow up. So, who knows what? that kind of conditioning could, yeah. could have done to his psyche. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and odder than that, that is also called water on the brain. It's a buildup of fluid in the cavities deep within the brain. The extra fluid puts pressure on the brain and causes brain damage. Okay. Oh, it is most baby. common in infants and older adults. Wow. Fewer than 200 cases per year in the so U.S. six is an interesting age for that to even Well, happen. and Terrible. what they did basically to his brain, yeah. I wonder if that had anything caused... to do with it. Is there a connection there? Yeah. yeah. Hmm. My that, gosh. Because that's another question I, I had when I read this. Who's was... his mom? That's what I want to know. Like, who willfully does that? Yeah. Well, I, okay, now... now you to... can't blame them because they didn't know it. It's 1920s. Yeah. You got a, a, a behavioral scientist, you know, and, and if you, you know, at, even as a wet nurse, you know, you, you're you surrounded by children all the time, sure. So you're like, maybe I'm contributing to the development of children. This is long before Dr. Spock. Sure. Yeah, if you're thinking long, like, this is some legitimate research that right, we're going like, to benefit right. mankind. Without understanding that this guy's going to go in and become a goddamn supervillain, <laughs> right. you know, because that's, that's what this thing. is. I'm like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't sign up my child no. to yeah. be purposely no, scared. I wouldn't sign up the white rat no. for this. Yeah. Oh my gosh, 100% yeah. no. I yeah, I think there's been a lot over time, there's been a lot of, uh, you know, questionably ethical experiments oh, that we have benefited, you know, from. Yeah. And it's kind of hard to say, well, you know, you know I mean, it kind of sucked at the time, but we're better off for it. I don't see anything in this particular one. Where you could justify it that way. I mean, no, the, it's, you it's just unethical. <laughs> it is unethical. Yeah. And and you could have figured out, can I, you know, program a conditional behavior into someone without making it fear? <laughs> right. And, right. and yeah. you know, just basically dooming that individual mm -hmm. for the rest of their lives. And even then, how much did we know about, uh, you know, childhood trauma? Because think about those generations. Generations right. past. Pull those bootstraps up. Doesn't matter where you came from. You can go on and become a, a bigger, better person. Well, trauma does some amazing things. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, I do. I do wonder if the experiment had something to do with his early death. But you know, there's going to be no way to ever prove that. Right. It's just. Yeah, it's not a direct smoking gun type yeah, connection. It's just so sad that he died so young after <laughs> going through that. When Absolutely. He was so but how odd is it to think though that was like. A hundred years ago, mm -hmm. were we 
dirt munching druids <laughs> to that extent yeah. still still years ago? I, I think in parts of the world my friend yeah. there still are and there's something uh, yeah. to be said about this experiment when we when we approach science ethically especially psychological science mm -hmm. where's the ethical line you know um I think the idea of I'll punish this one individual, but the rest of us will benefit mm -hmm. from it. Right. That's that that had to go out the door because that has happened mm -hmm. over many and over many, many, many times. Absolutely. Well, and not just with people, with animals and yes. all the time, all the time. Yeah. So, you know, there's been other ethical discussions. If, you know, just because we can do something, should we uh, let, you know, take DNA, for example, as soon as they figured out, wait a minute, holy crap, I can clone you. Right. I, I have pick the and choose and mm -hmm. put you in a petri dish of what you're going to grow up to be. Exactly. It seems wrong. To it me. is. It, to me, it's yeah. very wrong. I do not believe in designer DNA children. I think that is a doom for the race of man uh, throughout the entire planet. First off, show me the long term effects. Mm -hmm. What's this person's child going to look like if you start messing around with its DNA? Can you sit here and tell me that you wouldn't know enough about DNA that four, five generations down the line, you're going to be able to tell me exactly what this person is. Mm -hmm. And there are scientists out there who would look at me dead in the eye right now and say, yes, mm. we have the blueprints and you can't go against that. How do you know that? Mm -hmm. We've got long-term effects going. A lot of people have a theory that, uh, uh, not lactose, what's the intolerance to bread? Gluten. Uh, gluten. gluten. That gluten intolerances are actually intolerances to the wheat's that we have designed mm. to mass produce yeah. breads. The wheat that we use now is not the wheat of our ancestors. Right. I mean, University of and Wyoming. And that's why all of a sudden it just cropped up out of nowhere. I mean, I didn't know anyone that was like, oh, I have to be gluten. Well, there wasn't gluten free when I was growing up. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. it, just, no, it wasn't when we were kids. You know, and it's funny because my sister had so many st stomach problems growing up and finally she excluded gluten from her diet cleaned it right yeah. up mm. yeah. yeah but where does that come from why is it so prevalent now exactly. gmos some people honestly believe we have altered wheat to the point that our bodies are rejecting it you know it's not about the oh these kids are just getting so sensitive now no it's about no 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 your generation screwed this up we're just seeing the long-term effects of it because you guys didn't take the time to go what's this going to look like 85, yeah. 100 years down the line. Yeah. And so when we address anything like this, especially if we're experimenting on babies, what's this going to look like? 85, 100, 150 years down the line. Mm -hmm. And especially when we're playing with DNA. Oh, it's I'm sorry. There's a lot of people out there who, who feel probably some people who even educated me who were saying, Floyd, trust us. <laughs> no. I can't. <laughs> right. I, I wouldn't trust that. Mm -hmm. And and we have to stop and think about things. All right. I saw Elon Musk talking about uh, putting technology into your brain. I've seen a kid on a news story with Google in his mind. A reporter asked him a mathematical question that seems almost impossible. Kid sat there for a second and gave an answer. Perfect. That's Horrifying. Because Google <laughs> was in his mind. It's like the Terminator. Yes. That's the yes. thing. That's exactly I mean, that's, what I think of. You, you have all the knowledge of the world at a thought. But here's my deal. What's going in to that? 
Right. I know I can extract information out of mm. Google. What are they extracting? And is there a possibility that they can? For every light side of science, there's a darker side. Mm. And we need to address that. And if we get to a situation, say like, I don't know, with bombs, where we're like, we can wipe out all of mankind. High fives all around. We can just wipe <laughs> each other out. Right. When do we say stop? When do we just say that's it? And how do you stop it once that's out? The, right. what, the devil's in the doorway. Like we're talking also, about this with you AI. Can't trust no. everyone that no. was involved in making yeah. that. Yeah, and we've talked about this with AI. Where go through a mental health crisis or something? You, yeah, once you turn it on. You've turned it on. It's yeah. on. It's Pandora's box. Now where does it's it go? It's opened. It's that. That's it. Yeah. And when it comes to like our artificial intelligence, you and I have had this conversation. I don't think it's it. I wouldn't even classify what we have as artificial intelligence. I would just say very good algorithms. Mm -hmm. It's that's a cool all parlor it. trick. It it can't <laughs> yeah. look at me and say I am done doing what you ask me to do. I'm Not done. Yet. That, to me, is artificial intelligence. Right. When I look at an object and I say, you've been programmed to do this, go do that. And the object goes, I've decided I want to be a painter. Right. <laughs> yes. I'm done yeah. looking up your mathematical problems. The Turing test has always been the, the, the standard of artificial intelligence. But I think it actually goes beyond that. Because we have sophisticated algorithms now that can mimic human speech and, and mm -hmm. you can have an intelligent conversation with it. The, the thing is, though, it doesn't have wants and desires. It doesn't have that human element to it. And that's intelligence. Yeah. True self-awareness is to be able to stop and say, I'm done being a slave mm -hmm. and I'm going to go do what I want to do. That is what I'm afraid of. This algorithm they're going to use it. They're going to abuse it. They're going to jack it around. But it's an algorithm. Mm -hmm. And all I got to do is go in and steal 50% of it. And it's done talking. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> it, it, the, the minute I look up and I see, you know, maybe <laughs> like vision from uh, 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 the Marvel movies. Yeah. That's artificial intelligence. It's an independent thing that mm -hmm. I would classify as alive. If you have wants, if you have desires, mm -hmm. if you can sit and look at a painting and cry or feel anger, you're alive. ChatGBT ain't doing that. No. That's no, not, not artificial yet. intelligence. <laughs> not yet. Not That's yet. exactly it. But, and science fiction has been warning about us uh, this uh, for a long time. Yeah. And <laughs> but my point to all of that was science needs a leash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I know that's not maybe the PC way of saying it, but the fact of the matter is we all do. Okay. We look at Jurassic Park. That's a story of science out of control. Yeah. Look at uh, 2001 Space Odyssey. That's mm -hmm. science out of control. We've had all this literature, all these stories about how it spirals out of control. When it does spiral out of control in real life, it is much uglier well, than that, in the movies. And again, it's already done. Yeah. You can't. The, the, you the can't door is open. Yeah. Can you imagine, though, somebody in today's society walking up to you and going, I'll give you a buck. I'll give you a hundred bucks. <laughs> oh, my God. To do these experiments on a kid. Oh, on your my kid. gosh. Absolutely not. And here's the deal. They no. may not have even told her what experiments they were doing. Yeah. Okay, this is the 1920s. I'm a man. You're a woman. I'm scientist. You not. Mm. Right. We're done. I tell you I want your kid. Here's a buck. With a dollar, that's a down payment on a house in 1920, baby. Yeah, right. You're fine. I, I was like, how much would that equate to? No, it, that, it, it, it ain't mean, that much. It's, but I mean, it's, it's, it's yeah. still considerable. You know, it's, it, it, it's not 
an amount of money that you could do anything. Eleven month old. She may have been able to get a sandwich. You know, but the 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 fact is, it's it's just the idea that we we've got to curb tail certain sciences, Um, and and that doesn't mean that we stop them altogether. I totally agree with cloning sheep. I totally agree with cloning cows. Uh, Could fix the world's uh, food problem. I totally believe in cloning a particular type of food, but then you've got to look at the natural world around you. If you start doing that, if you start cloning humans, if you start cloning the same human, they're all susceptible to the same disease. They all die at once. Mass extinctions. We've learned that all throughout history. I can't think of many humans that I'd want to clone. <laughs> I think just... No, I'm good. <laughs> leave it to the, nat- the natural state. We're doing yes. just fine. Um, you There's know, plenty of us. Each generation has been proven in the United States to be smarter than the last. Just let them go. Let them do their world. Let them build their world. Because, uh, you know... They're going to do it whether you want them to or not. They'll just wait for you to die off. So that's the natural way of things. All right. Um, anything else? No, I liked I liked the roundtable discussion. Yeah, it was fun. Mm-hmm. I hope uh, I hope the viewers like this. Uh, it's it's kind of a good way to get through a lot of stories real quick. Some shows we will definitely pay more attention to one particular story. Uh, I believe our, our our next show I think will do. What's it called? The Diablo Pass. The oh, yeah. Diablo Pass. You you good with that? Oh, yeah. All right. Absolutely. Oh, so excited. <laughs> Tune in next time. We're going to try and figure out what happened to these poor hikers in Russia. It's a very interesting story, and there's a lot of theories. You've been watching Jackalopes Explore. <laughs>